0: It's
1: it's Wazir. This is Wazir, and this is John Muhammad, and we're your host for the
0: Business Building Blocks podcast. How you doing today? I'm fine. I'm fantastic. I'm doing great. Just ate a wonderful sandwich in the car. <laughs> okay. It was delicious. Doing good. Uh, we have a special guest right. in the studio today. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself?
2: What's up? What's up? This is Issa.
0: Uh, Issa is a community organizer, uh, activist, artist, many things. He wears many hats. I've soon, seen him do some great things. He's done some—what what, what all the things you have done real quick? just.
2: And, uh, alongside being a student at Prairie View, I'm also being a nation. Um, man, like, I'm an engineering student. I do music, organizing community at Prairie View in Houston. Like, I was just at an LOC with my brother John here on Thursday, organizing the Third World community. Right. I, can, I can run down the whole list. I'm um, partly a business yeah. with my dad in um, electrical construction. So it's a myriad of things. But like Wazir said, I wear mini hats.
0: Okay, we're going to get into that, man. I'm, right. I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, do you want to, Brother John, if you could, do you want to tell them what the Business Building Blocks podcast is? The Business Building Blocks podcast is a
1: business talk show for the entrepreneur or the business owner that would like to expand their business. And primarily we're concerned or we focus with the black community mm-hmm. because we believe that's where the greatest need is. True. You know, and we also believe that by building businesses, we can reduce unemployment and we can address some of the other social ills that's directly related to our my, our income, our, our poverty. Mm-hmm. Poverty creates crime and and relationship difficulties in our families. Right. So uh, we want to start doing for self. We want to, uh, what, what is it that we can do on our own without depending on others? Right. You know, within the black community, what is it that we can do?
0: And uh, we want to discuss those issues. And in a sense, it's like we want to give the listeners tangible things that they can do when they're building a business. Because mm-hmm. sometimes people give all these theories and stuff. We like to give concrete, okay. basically give them homework to do. In between our episodes, that's right. and what you can consider that it—that's the knowledge part of it. But some people say it's not what you know; it's who you know. That's right. Right. So, in that aspect, when you're building a business, how important is it to network and to meet, build those relationships that can help you build your business?
1: Network. We want to talk about team building first. Oh, you want to talk about okay? Team building first, because uh, we—you first have to. Build a team build your before you organization. Network. you got to build your organization. And you can't do everything yourself. You know, oftentimes we think about an entrepreneur, we're thinking about an individual. Exactly. But to be more effective, you really need to bring, build a team.
2: hmm
1: You know, build, a, build an organization. Now, when you're bringing people together, and we, when we talked about the principle of synergy, together we can accomplish more than we can as individuals. You know, the principle of synergy says that the sum is greater than its parts. Right. You know, we're just not the sum of our parts. We're greater together than we are uh, as individuals And mm-hmm. in our productivity and everything. You know, even if we were brainstorming right here on ideas,
0: you know, we can refine those ideas if we have more minds, mm-hmm. so to speak. When you're building your team, I hear a lot of, like, we're a father, this is a father and son podcast, right? Definitely. I hear a lot of people say that you shouldn't work with family or stuff like that. How do you feel about that as far as people that are, because sometimes the people, a lot of people start off with their family. He just said you're a co-business owner with your right. father. That's right. So how do you feel about that? I I
1: think that that, that reminds me of that saying about crabs in the bucket. Mm. You know, the crabs in the bucket, but... Naturally, crabs are not by nature in a bucket, be in a, bucket, a, a yeah. box, or whatever. Right. So that means somebody have captured us and put us in confinement on the plantation in slavery, mm-hmm. and they telling us now, "Don't work together to get out, or to escape." Right. You see. So, but if we look at other communities now,
3: mm-hmm.
1: pick any other community that migrate to the U.S., they are working together the Asians, the Koreans. Mm-hmm. You go in the, the, the store, and everybody in the store look like they're in the same family. But they're in our community.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And that, that applies to the Asians, that applies to the, the Indians, uh, the foreign from Pakistan or India or, mm-hmm. or the Arabs from the Middle East. they hiring from within. They're hiring their own family member, their own uh, kin, their own uh, ethnic and religious group they hiring each other, right? But we're told, don't work with your family. Don't work. Don't mm-hmm. work with your, your 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 brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, don't work with another black person. And then as soon as we open a business, we want to give it a white front.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We want we want put someone else. Give them the jobs, and put them out front because we don't want everybody to know that it's black owned and operated. Well, who's mm-hmm. benefiting from the job opportunities? Mm. I think is another tool, a psychological tool, to keep us uh, dispossessed, keep us economically weak. Mm-mm. So that's part of team building. Let's look within our own community now for that talent. We're not telling you to hire people without any skills. We need to develop, you know, we, we need knowledge and education that we can benefit ourselves. Right. So, of course, let's go out and get... As much education and much training that we can get in the schools that's been made available to us.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, even if you had to get on a job to learn something. You know, we was looking at Hidden Figures, the movie. And, the, and the, they was trying to prevent the sisters from gaining uh, knowledge and access into NASA when they were dependent on us to get them to the moon. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to limit access in the library you know, access to promotion, access access to advanced education. Mm. And the sisters found a way to get that knowledge Mm -hmm. because knowledge is power.
3: Right, right.
1: So now, if we want to empower our companies instead of, you know, we giving them all of our brain, you know, the brain drain,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. we give them all of our talents and skills and knowledge, not just our sweat, Blood and tears, but our inventions, our intellectual property, we're giving over to
0: others, and they benefit from it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You can jump in anytime. Yeah. Yeah. How, how have you ever, uh, Issa? How have you ever used a team to make something happen? As far as,
2: um, I would, first I was gonna reference this book we have right here in the middle. Well, not in the middle, on the the far left. Message okay. to the Black Man by Elijah Muhammad. And in there, he talks about team building. One of my favorite parts is page, it's on page 174. That's how uh-huh. That's how I know it's my favorite part because I know what page is on. But he says, um, he talks about studying the white man. He's successful in his affairs. He works hard in a collective manner. He makes no excuse for his failures. He said, you do the same. Mm-hmm. And then he gave an example in the very next paragraph after he listed like different steps to use um, to be successful when it comes to building business and doing mm-hmm. for yourself. And working in a collective manner. He said, There are six to eight of you, if there are six to eight of you in knowledge of a grocery business with right. like mindsets, mm-hmm. then you pull it together, open up a grocery store, work together hard in a collective manner, and then he said, Allah, God, will bless you with success. And when when I think about that, he didn't say don't work with your family, he didn't say don't work with, he just said with like mindsets. That's right. And so you have like mindsets in your family, then that's who you need uh-huh. to work with. If you have like mindsets, another person that looks like you outside your family, that's who you need to work with. And it comes to me personally, um, at Prayer View, a lot of the the most successful projects I had, whether it's an event mm-hmm. or whatever have you, because I'm, I'm in the nation, so we have mm-hmm. the Nation of Islam on campus. Okay. But even with that, when it comes to, like, reaching uh, a wide mass of people, it's linking up with different organizations. Okay. We have, like, different specialties, whether it's, like, the Greek organizations or you have the African Student Association. You have these different organizations. And when we, like, work together, that's we, right. like, pull in greater crowds. And then the seminar or whatever project we do has a greater appeal and a greater reach. So when it comes to team building, that's what the, some of the successes I've had when it comes to, like just that prayer view, building teams and building people with, like, mindsets.
1: And, and, and while you're on that subject, i like to plug New Waters. Yes. We have a black-owned and operated food co-op, which is really a grocery store.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: White, right here in Houston. And the produce here is locally grown in the urban garden that they own.
2: Right off Emancipation in Elgin.
1: Elgin. New Waters. So support New Waters. And uh, it is a grocery store. And uh, they following that economic blueprint, mm-hmm. you know. So the other thing you talked about in building a team, we all are uh, familiar with sports. Yeah. You know, who who are the Texans uh, uh, recruiting, you know, to build a team? They want the best quarterback or the best running back in these positions. The ones with the most skill are the basketball player. You know, who are we getting for the, for the Rockets? You know, we understand that in sports and play, mm-hmm. but sports and play should be used to teach
2: principles. A model, yes,
1: exactly. You know, we, you know, when you got a youth group and you're trying to instill certain values in the young men, uh, those values, once they are mature men, they are to be transferred into the real world in the business world. Mm-hmm. You see,
0: and that's what we fall. As black men and boys, we're still playing games. You talk about LeBron James, uh, you talk about sports, but talking about LeBron James, the team that gets him those big contracts, those endorsements and stuff like that, mm-hmm. those are his actual friends who he came up with. Mm-hmm. He didn't go get the industry standard, you know what I mean, agents and stuff like that. He has his, his friends who he came up with. He just um, allowed them to get the proper uh, education to be able to be functional. But he wanted to go with them instead of somebody else. And now you see he's the most
1: successful. That's why I, I admire LeBron James and I respect him. Yeah. He also give back in terms of scholarships. Because he know we need to be not only great on the court or the field, but we need to be great in academics.
2: He said that recently. Right. He basically said, we don't need any more basketball players. We need um, <laughs> doctors, scientists, engineers, things like that. So he knows. He's right. a very smart brother. That's very right. smart brother.
1: Mm. So that's why that, that's why we thought about talking about team building. Mm-hmm. Building our organizations. And it, it'll tie in also with internships. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to build a business, and even if it's a mom and pop shop. Right. Because if our parents are in business now, they can teach us some business principles. Mm-hmm. There's things that we can learn in the family business that maybe when you grow up, you can expand that business. Maybe you'll take it from being a, a sole proprietorship to being a corporation you can incorporate mm-hmm. and bring being a bigger staff, and then which involves management and that type of thing that you would learn and gain once you go to school.
2: To give you an example of that, well, my dad, um, he has a an um, electrical construction company, but I've learned more... With hands-on application, dealing with his company, than this I learned in school. Because in school you learn like some technical knowledge, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm engineering, so you learn a lot of design stuff and like book theory things like that. Mm-hmm. But with my dad, I learned some like actual industry skills. So on my resume, I put project manager, that's which right. is that's a big name when it comes to like the construction industry. That's right. But the reason I'm able to put project manager because when I was young, like even 17, my dad would send me on like job site, job right. sites, and I wasn't an electrician, so mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know the technical technical skills as an electrician, mm-hmm. but he sent me out there to do, uh, like, really just one thing is to look after his workers.
3: That's right.
1: And
2: when it comes to project management, the main thing that you're doing is making sure that project is on time and on budget. That's right. So I was out there as his extension managing a project when I was 17 years old. Right. And now as I progress through my career as an engineer, it's the same skills, just probably more advanced, mm-hmm. but it's the same basic skills. But being my dad having that company, let me get those practical skills that I can now use when I'm in my engineering field.
0: Man, couldn't say it better myself. Ten <laughs> four. So, how does that apply to networking?
1: Networking. Okay, now, once you build your organization, you know we talked about selling, right? Sales. You need to have sales, so you need customers,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then to get those customers, you know whether whether you need customers for revenue, to move your inventory. But um, networking can be used to build your customer base,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and I think you mentioned that when you start talking about organization and institutionals exactly. that you're uniting with, and I uh, like to tie that back into the community service that a company does. You know, so when we go out in the community, and we may be doing some things uh, with uh, a community organization in order to uplift or rebuild some aspect of the community, some greater good. Mm -hmm. But while we're doing that, we're working with the people that lives in that community and that organization. They're exposed to our brand. Exactly. So that's free advertising. Mm -hmm. Or that's a form of advertising. Don't they call it community outreach or something like that? It's community outreach. Outreach And it's community service. Because Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing now, you're going to do some aspect of work. Say, for instance... uh, you're in a park and you're planting shrubbery, sl- tr- planting trees to help the environment. Because the tree produce uh, oxygen and breathes in carbon dioxide.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And we breathe in oxygen bring out carbon dioxide. So the more trees we plant, the better the areas. So if we go ahead and do that, then we'll be helping the community and helping the health of the people. Mm. But at the same time, we got our our polo shirts on with our company logo on it, our t-shirts with our company logo on it. And, uh, you know, this being sponsored by and brought to you by Business Building Blocks. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then now we're doing the greater good, but we're working with the community and doing that. Mm-hmm. And now, they, oh, okay, so now we can go whatever our widget, widget is just a general term for a product. When we need this widget, we're going to go to a company to buy it because we see the good that you're doing in the community, and we
2: know you giving back. Mm-hmm. I can um, chime in on networking. I'm also in a different facet, but when it comes to a college student, one of the the two the main biggest thing uh, a college student is looking for is experience mm-hmm. and experience through internships. So a lot of college students they'll like go to career fairs and things like that. Every job I've Guiding or internship I've gotten I've never ever went to a career fair and handed somebody a resume It was all about like who I knew so give one example. I had an internship Last summer was called the Houston Southeast Management District, which is like a governmental agency That's over a large part of Third Ward. Actually, they helped um, get the new Emancipation Park there It was part of their project. So I was the intern last summer, but the way I got the internship was through, we did, like, youth conferences. Mm -hmm. And the way I started, like, making connections with the youth conferences, that I'll follow um, our minister at the Moz, Brother Robert, Mm -hmm. he has a a new name now, Abdul Halim. -Halim, He got that from Minister Farrakhan. That's right. So, Minister Dr. Abdul Halim now, I would just follow him around to his different meetings. Mm -hmm. But, because I was going, you know, FYI do security. So, I was Mm -hmm. going at security, but Mm -hmm. then while I was there, I was using the opportunity to, to network. That's and right. then that got me the connections. That got me different internships. And I took that same thing went to Prayer View. So now as I'm engaged in different like community activities in Prayer View, That's right. while I'm doing it, whether it's politics or community activism, when I pull up my business card, it says my dad's company on there. Also, all you do electrical work too? you I right. do that too. And right. that way I'm getting business as well and bridging that gap between the activism, the community outreach, and the business side as well and just blending those two together.
1: Man, Man you're perfect for the show. <laughs> <laughs> you're an example of what we're you're a perfect example. You know, it happened for us, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and stories is good. You know, we tell stories. Supreme Construction. Uh, uh, Brother James K. Muhammad and myself had a partnership, and the name of the company was Supreme Construction. Mm-hmm. And um, we was doing uh, city jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. the emergency, it, called, it was called the Emergency Repair Program where, we, where the city received HUD funds, for us to renovate uh, homes for the elderly and uh, um, handicapped in the city of Houston. And we were, we were doing that work. But we also were doing private projects. So through the mosque, uh, Sister Tabitha, mm-hmm. uh, Brother Cornell's wife, or ex-wife at the time, um, she was working for a, a Nigerian um, guy in her job.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He was looking for a contractor to do some work for him, and uh, he asked her, did she know any? Well, I'm going to ask the mosque, and Brother Robert referred
0: us. Mm-hmm.
1: So we got the Beckley Project. You might remember the Beckley Project over in Acres Home. I do remember that, yeah. And we had to convert this huge property over from residential to commercial, mm. and it was over, I know we that project was over $200,000, uh, project because we did uh, uh, like a hundred thousand dollars with Brother James and I when we were partners, mm-hmm. and then later they rehired me again to do another hundred plus thousand dollars worth of renovation, and it all came through networking. Yep, networking. Mm. So it's real and it's happening, and it it happens through organizations and individuals. Mm-hmm. So you got to get involved. That's the point. You right. got you just can't just be an island. Just, just focus on your own business, but you have to go out and do some things, do some greater good. Mm-hmm. And while you're doing that greater good, let somebody know about your business.
2: I think it's a quote, is uh, it like a proverb or a quote, or it's something? It's just, I know it's the same, but it says the best way to become successful is to help make other people successful.
0: Yeah, I take that, Esau. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some companies who are helping us become successful. These are the companies who sponsor the podcast. Bring it to you every week. The first company we would like to highlight is Nations Products. Nations Products, they are literacy advocates. They want to help your children read or help anybody who wants to read. They have different books and um, products online. You can like their Facebook at Nations Products. But right now, we're looking at the product here, the famous Blacks in America word search book. This book is very important. It's good for any Library, whether it be your home, charter schools, private schools. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's the word search book that has the different blacks who have impacted history. Um, yeah, basically, people that look like them, while the students solve it, while your children solve the um, puzzle, they learn about themselves. That's right. Uh, the other product we have is Nation's 19 Easy Recipes to Keep Your Family Hel- Healthy. Is that what it is? That's right. Nation's 19 Recipes. Uh, It's a very important book. You know, you got your mind right. You might as well be getting your body right also. Mm -hmm. These are different recipes. Majority of them are uh, vegetarian, right? Yeah, I mean, it's good for you. It's (laughs) pork-free. Yeah, that's the key right there. Yeah, pork-free.
1: Halal, kosher.
0: Exactly. You see, no swine. So y'all check that out. You can like their Facebook at Nations Products and fill that library up. They got all kinds of stuff, DVDs, PBS, all that holding a Barack Obama childhood book right there. Yeah,
1: we need to know
0: the story about Barack Obama, if we agree with his politics or
1: not. He's a symbol, a a black figure that our children need to learn about because they don't need any glass ceilings Mm -hmm. in their minds, in their mentality. We need to break all of those glass ceilings. And another new release is the chemistry book for children. Oh, okay. Authored about... Nadine Muhammad and John Muhammad. And what what that comes out of is that, I think on The Breakfast Club, Dr. Wesley was talking about we need to study subjects like math and science. Mm-hmm. So we need to introduce math and science to our children at an early age and not be intellectually assassinated by saying that it's too hard. Mm-hmm. Well, hidden figures prove that. We help them get to the moon, you see. And we built civilizations before this when they were more advanced. And Egypt, Akim, it was is an example. Right. So we are no strangers to math and science. We have to introduce that to our
0: children. So it's chemistry for children. Yeah, and it's almost like, you know, how the book says the cow says moo or the chicken says whatever. They need to be learning helium is this, you know. Right, the it's, so it's like made that. made of helium. Yeah.
1: What is water made from?
0: Yeah, H2O, hydrogen and oxygen. Mm-hmm. Aluminum and all that and shows different uh
1: yeah. yeah, it shows it shows it's a practical application of the science. Okay. That's what that's what uh, chemistry for children is.
0: So y'all check that out. Do you have a um public service or p- Yes, now? sir.
1: The Final Call newspaper. This newspaper is actual news that's related to us and our community. Mhm nationally, international. And it's, it's media that you can trust. Right now, we're living in a time where the news is fake. or <laughs> well, news. When they come up with this alternative facts, it's either true or it's false. Right. But there's a lot of deception. It's, someone is muddied the water. So we can't see. If we don't have the facts, we can't make uh, our better decisions mm-hmm. if we don't have factual information. Mm-hmm. You know, if you was trying a case... You need evidence, and that evidence need to be factual. It can't be made up or uh, concocted. So our news need to be true and pure. There's actual factual news in the Final Call newspaper. Go find them on the Internet. It's FinalCall.com.
0: FinalCall.com.
1: And the Economic Blueprint, Okay, which is the basis... The economic blueprint is a fund to set up to end poverty and want mm-hmm. in our community. Now, I just learned that the Trump administration is cutting a lot of programs that's dear to our community. He started off with the Meals on Wheels. Right. Cutting the Meals on Wheels program. Mm-hmm. Cutting the, the school lunch program, the after-school programs for our children. Cutting education. Cutting health care. Just cut, cut, cut. Mm-hmm. You know, but... We, we may de- be dependent on those programs that that address our elderly and our children. But if we can't depend on government or uh, a racist, a hostile administration, what is it that we can do for ourselves? Mm-hmm. The blueprint.org. Again, it's economicblueprint.org. We're only asking for five cents a day. That's 35 cents a week. $18.20 a year, I believe. And we can begin to acquire farmland where
0: we can feed ourselves. All right. So y'all go do that. That's right. Well, I like to call this the origin story segment of the show, where mm-hmm. we have a we have our guest on, we introduced earlier. But I want to know, where did this all start for you? How Because did, you didn't just come out exactly like this. You had a whole journey before this. So... Just kick it off. Kick this off. Yeah. Introduce yourself again and tell me where you were born.
2: The origin story. Take it back to the womb. Okay. <laughs> um, so of course, born in Houston, um, 26 years ago in 1990 to um, Percy Daryl Muhammad and <laughs> Nettie. Her name is Nadira now Marie Muhammad. All right. um, of course, born in the Nation of Islam. Grew up in the Nation. Um, that was back when we was on Cullen. Okay. Now we're on OST. And I always grew up in the teaching, listening to Mr. Farrakhan, and of course, um, various black leaders, but that was like the main thing that was my foundation. And then even so, throughout my years, I'm just going going through school as I was growing up in my teens, I had that foundation, but even the person I am now wasn't the person I was back then. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, honestly, in probably about the last, probably like four or five years, is when I really start getting to like community organizing.
0: Okay.
2: And so I was I was in college, you know, just a, a young man doing what young man do, you know, finding finding myself going this way, going okay. that way. And then at some point in time something just clicked. Mm-hmm. And then I really got passionate about community organizing. It first started like I was doing different um mm-hmm. different youth conferences in Houston, mm-hmm. and then it was just it was this passion for organizing. I say it came from a large part was I listening to Mr. Farrakhan. He would talk about what's called the, the nine ministries. Mm-hmm. And the nine ministries were nine ministries established establish self-govern, a um, self-government. And they included agriculture, arts and culture, education, health and human services, information, trade and commerce. Which we're talking about right now, science and technology, um, defense. But everything that we need as a people to govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, it just it clicked in my mind. And I saw a vision in my mind of, we can organize our own people to govern ourselves. That's right. And then I just started working in that vein. And then as I start working in that vein, I began to discover more of my purpose. And then I went to Prayer View, mm-hmm. and then I found out that, yo, it's a, it's a, a Demographic of our of our people that are educated mm-hmm. but not necessarily challenged in doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's like at Prairie View, it's like they, they get these majors, they graduate, mm-hmm. and they go work for these white companies somewhere. And I said they forget about the hood, but like that's where they think the bread and butter is. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. how if we can organize? our education, our our youth and then mm-hmm. our these younger leaders, they call it the Joshua generation. My name just happens to be Joshua. Right. But we can organize that generation and organize those talents and then bring that back to the to the hood to the people under that model of self-government. Then mm-hmm. right there you 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 just built a nation inside of a nation moving forward. So like all throughout my my twenty six years of life, I feel like that's been like basically bred and instilled in me and uh, that's like that's what gets me up in the morning and that's what inspire, inspires me to do the different things I do in the community at Prayer View, whatever it is, is is that growing up in that foundation.
1: I would like to give a testimony from what you just talked about. I remember and and, and you know, just to make it public that we've been knowing Brother Esau and Wazir when they was growing up together. Mm-hmm. But when y'all were young, uh say elementary, uh young boys. And we had the youth summits, or the youth conferences. Mm -hmm. I think we had the biggest one, or the first one, right here in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to share with you some of the brothers that was coordinating that. Brother Hassan Mm -hmm. is up in New York right now, Mm -hmm. working with Russell Simmons and Mm -hmm. all of these Mm -hmm. people in in New York. And Brother Jesse
2: Muhammad. Doing big things And Brother
1: Jesse working with the, the minister with this whole social, social media, media campaign. I
0: Minister mean, Farrakhan.
1: Yeah,
0: I Minister mean, Farrakhan. Right, right. I was just clarifying for people yeah. who may not...
1: Brother Jesse Muhammad yeah. and uh, Brother Derek Muhammad.
2: Doing big You know, look, at he,
1: he over in Miami, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's doing uh, the blackmail summits all over the place. I mean, and and then now, the next generation, when y'all start doing it, and then now, look at Wazil, look at Issa, look at Sister Nakila. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's real. It's real. real. You actually see, you see it working. Mm -hmm. That you start, and I remember Bum B before him and uh, they, before they blew up. Yeah. Bum B and Pimp C, they came to the youth summit Mm. before they were known. You know, and now you look how big they are. You know? And you know, it's like when I first went to Savior's Day and uh, Big Daddy Kane performed at Savior's Day.
3: Mm.
1: You know, and I, I look back over time and, all of these things, you know. I remember Public Enemy when it was big. When 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 I came in the nation, Public Enemy was big. But I see you guys coming in, and the, and, and and the contribution that y'all are making the potential, because the content of, of what y'all doing and what y'all learn, it began to manifest itself. And, I, and I, don't, I don't want to go back. We can go back and hear yeah, some go, more because yeah. this is just the beginning. Yeah, just the beginning.
0: <laughs> Man, so. Y- what, what I thought was interesting is that you said y'all have a Nation of Islam on campus at PV. Yeah. Y- y'all had the same thing at TSU, right? Yeah, we started like,
1: one. We started one um, when I was at the yard, TSU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we uh, set up a Nation of Islam student, student association. Association, yeah. association And uh, we were instrumental in bringing in Dr. Khalid. Right. You know, Dr. Khalid was from Fifth Ward. You know, from the historic Wheatley High School. And uh, we had one of the largest rallies for Dr. Colley. He couldn't believe it. The number of people came out uh, to hear him. And then, of course, after Dr. Colley, we started bringing in Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And he kept coming back to TSU, you know, right. we kept bringing him back. And y'all brought Minister Farrakhan to PV,
2: right? Yeah, right. that was in 2011. Honestly, that was before I was i was even going to PV. Mm-hmm. And I even made up my mind that I was going to be an engineering major at PV, but it's just um, interesting how God works. And now I'm at PV doing what I'm doing. But we brought Mr. Farrakhan there in 2011. And that was uh, that was big because he was doing a college tour. I mm. think that when we brought the PV, like you said, when we brought Dr. Khaled down, that was one of the biggest audiences mm. on Mr. Farrakhan's college tour um, back in the early early 2010s. Mm. That was one of his biggest stops was at PV. Filled, filled up our um, what's called the Baby Dome.
1: And during yeah. that time, he came to Prairie too. Mm-hmm. He was returning to Prairie View. He would, He came back
2: then. It was like eighty-eight, eighty-nine was the last time he was in Prairie View. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And we we were there. Um, so he was going to TSU and Prairie View, and uh, reaching out for the young college student. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear him teaching about the coat and the ass. Mm-hmm. And just suffice it to say, the college student is the, the
2: coat. coat. <laughs> the, the young educated masses. <laughs> yeah. How do you? How do we?
0: Because cause you're in a college situation. You were talking about our best and brightest go off and work for white companies. Mm-hmm. How can entrepreneurs or people that are building their businesses, how can we get our best and brightest to come home instead of going out? Like, What are the things that you think are missing within our community that leads them astray?
2: I think one is a um, at the root of it is a cultural factor and an education factor. And the point I'll make on that one is that as an engineer, when I'm studying, um, what's put in front of me, like when I first came to Preview as an engineer, mm-hmm. and um, I went to this class called Intro to Engineering, right? Mm-hmm. It was basically like how to be a student as a as an engineer, like studying um, time management, things like that. But what they put in front of us when they first like describe like why you're that you can go make $100,000. That's right. Like yeah, when, you, when you graduate or like 80K when you graduate. So that's what is put in front of us is how to become a wage earner mm-hmm. and go work for somebody else. So... First is that cultural aspect, and I'll say another thing is when I look at, especially the STEM majors, you think about all the um, the pioneers in math and sciences, it's all like white Europeans. And you mm-hmm. sit there as a black person in a in a STEM major wondering, well, well, what do black people do when it came to saying this <laughs> profession? Like, we didn't do nothing. We were just in Africa, and they came and studied from us, but obviously we didn't contribute nothing to the world when it comes to these professions. So that's one thing, a cultural and an uh, education standpoint. And then from there, we talked about organizing and networking. We have to, as a people, in a sense, make war with the 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 hidden hand that seeks to control college students. That's right. Because they control them by... Um this illusion of inclusion, come work for me, this how you this how you get success. So yeah. just like they offer internships, we need to figure out, okay, how can we pull our pull our dollars together, pull our companies together to start offering these students internships. So now once you pull them in, you start providing those needs that college students have, you can say all day long, mm-hmm. I want you to help come build a nation, but hey, you still gotta eat too. So how can we provide those needs for college students but at the same time, pull them into the the mission of building a nation or building something for yourselves and even put in that entrepreneurship mindset Mm -hmm. in them while they're still in college. So you can say, yeah, you can make 8K when you graduate, but you know you can link up and you can make your own engineering company bringing in multi-millions dollars and you own it, and now you're providing jobs to your students and your peers and people coming after you. So putting that mindset, that culture mindset, um, inside of these young college students is what we have to start doing.
1: And, And I can share this with you. Most of us that receive an education, we don't even do what we went to school for. Mm-hmm. that we majored in. And then we don't necessarily get that job that we was promised. The career. A lot of us are driving taxis and mm-hmm. are working in fast food industry, Uber. With 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 advanced degrees I'm talking about uh uh bachelor's degrees, master's degrees and even PhDs. Mm-hmm. Because we were we were given a a, a goal of getting a career in, in a hostile uh work environment where that's racist and even our, our brothers and sisters from Africa they come over here and then they're they're discriminated against and now they're driving a taxi
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh that's because we don't see opportunity in our own community exactly now I was sitting in 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 my school uh learning construction management Mm-hmm. And as I was graduating, and my uh, professor advised me to go get an internship at the white company, the white builder, mm-hmm. you see. And uh, if they don't pay you, then volunteer. But across the street from TSU, is a project. Mm-hmm. The people, the abject property, you know, houses collapsing on them. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go and go work for rich people for free mm-hmm. as an indentured slave? Exactly. When my people need, if I'm going to do anything free, why don't we do that community service work mm-hmm. and repair the houses of the poor? Exactly. But you want me to go lend myself on as a modern slave?
2: To somebody else.
1: To somebody that don't need me, that don't want me, that's not going to hire me. And then, you know, he hate my very shadow, but that's mm-hmm. where he's telling me to go. And then that's where the disconnect come in at.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think the opportunity, the big field of opportunity is in serving the needs of our people,
3: mm-hmm.
1: not serving corporate America. They don't want us just like in Hidden Figures. Right. Just, just to keep Tuskegee the Airmen, they was they was killing themselves to go die for people that don't appreciate them. Mm-hmm. That's how we are. We're gonna commit suicide to go become your servant. You know when our people need our help.
2: Mm-hmm. And that goes back to um. Um, I know men, men, when Minister Farrakhan came, he said that he gave the, how, let me quote it right, I'm paraphrasing, but he said there are millions of white folks without a jobs. Mm-hmm. There's millions of black folks without jobs. Right. And then they create jobs. Mm. Who do you think going to get the jobs first? That's right. And then history shows it's going to be the white folks. And then right. if there are some jobs left over, then you may get some. So as a people being a nation within a nation um number and I think like now probably 50 million mm-hmm. uh bringing in 1.1 trillion point think 5 trillion dollars which is like I think 13th on the list if we were a nation that'd be like 13th on the list. Mm-hmm. We have to realize amongst ourselves that we have to be the ones to solve our own problems to mm-hmm. go on cuz white folks never come to our communities clean up our communities. If they do come in it's to kick us out and gentrify you. Mm-hmm. So we have to be the ones to say look I got this I got this education and I know prayer has a we have a a model our theme is Preview produces productive people mm-hmm. so a lot of times when i'm talking to people at prayer i'm like well who are being productive for we're we being productive for ourselves we're we being productive with somebody else so we have to get in mm-hmm. that mindset that we're going to do for ourselves we're going to build for ourselves and even if you do go to a a white company to get some experience for now mm-hmm. a, a few years whatever have you mm-hmm. the mindset should be i'm going here for these few years to get this experience, mm-hmm. but then I'm coming right back to my people to take what I learned and do it right in my own community.
1: And you can do it while you're at the corporation.
2: Yeah, while you at the corporation?
1: Because what do you do when you're not on his time? Mm-hmm. When you're on your time. You exactly. see? And what about that income that you generated? Mm-hmm. We all gener- we all consumers. We're all consumers. So there's power in our consumption.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you talked about 1.1 trillion or 1.3 trillion. How do we circulate that dollar? Mm-hmm. We can only circulate that dollar if there is a business that's owned by us mm-hmm. that employ us. Now that that dollar can be empowered. Mm-hmm. So now we have to go into business. Even if you have a job, you can invest in a partnership or a corporation
2: mm-hmm.
1: or a, a, a business. I tell you people, can have some interest in it.
2: I give people this example a lot. Using the example of having like six to eight people I would like mindsets, build something but say for instance um you have like 6 8 engineers right mm-hmm. all making 100k you can live comfortably off less than 100k mm-hmm. but say if you take 10% of your check which is 10k you got 6 8 people doing that that's 6 to 80k a year you can invest in a business amongst right. yourselves. And then you have now six to eighty K, then that's like collateral. you go to like get a loan or whatever have you, you say, look, we mm-hmm. already put this in, we want this much. So now you you start investing yourself. You start pulling your resources and you'll be surprised what can happen when you work together and pull your resources and and even make some little sacrifices as a as a collective, as a team, mm-hmm. to build what you need to build.
1: Well let's give an example of that. Mm-hmm. Say for instance, we wanted to go in the trucking business. Mm-hmm. And each truck, uh, just to keep the math simple, say each truck is worth a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to pay the hundred thousand when you you can finance. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to pay ten thousand down and then make those payments. Mm-hmm. So you have a hundred thousand. Say you you get some investors, and and you you want to buy a hundred trucks. I mean, you want to buy ten trucks.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So now you want to buy ten trucks with a hundred thousand. You put down ten thousand on each truck mm-hmm. then you put a driver in each truck.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: well, see, when the driver drives in the load, uh he works for you, that'll create ten jobs. just talk just like that Ten truck driving jobs uh with hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars but those drivers they pay you, you pay the truck note from what they earn mm-hmm. what they generate after you pay them their wage. The other money can be paid on the truck.
2: Mm-hmm. Go right back so, into the company.
1: So in so many years, five years, six years, whatever you finance the truck for, now the trucks are paid for.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Ten trucks at $100,000, that's a million dollars, right? Now you got a million dollars worth of asset. you And, built and that? you got a business. Mm-hmm.
3: You mm-hmm. see what
1: I'm saying? It can be done if we pool our resources we can create jobs, build businesses, and we can earn revenue. That's profit. Mm-hmm. You're generating profit off of them trucks after that five years. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't have to pay a truck note. The truck is paid for.
2: I was sending out some tweets one time uh, to chime in on this conversation. But I said that we have to move from black entrepreneurship and start focusing on black industry. Because right. entrepreneurship is just like a small percentage when it comes to entry. They start the business, but right. not everybody's going to start the business. Like somebody got to pick up the phone. So you have this whole from top to bottom of an industry that you can build. So when we get in the mindset of, like you said, um, creating jobs, investing money, that is all a part of an industry. That's right. now, and it's, I think a statistic I was looking at a while ago. But over 90% of black businesses are sole proprietorships. Mm-hmm. That means like it's just one person mm-hmm. in their whatever one business venture they have. That's right. So that means that they're not producing any jobs. Like I said, the truck people, you produce 10 jobs mm-hmm. from this investment. So you have to start thinking more so from like a, a capitalistic individual perspective mm-hmm. to more so of a communal, even like a, a socialist perspective, more so of communal, like the more we pull our resource together and the sum is greater than the parts, right. the more we pull our resource together, then the further reach you will have when it comes to what we need to build and the industries need to build for ourselves.
1: We can start businesses as an entrepreneur, but we don't have to stop there. Exactly. Uh, we want to build and expand. That's mm-hmm. what we talked about. This show is about entrepreneurship and those business owners that would like to expand. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, talk about sole proprietorship. We talk about partnerships. We talked about LLCs mm-hmm. and corporations, even nonprofits. Because we're a government, mm-hmm. we're, we're a nation. Exactly. And everything that you see in this nation, we need in our nation. Our, our nation. Small mm-hmm. business, mid sized business corporations, mm-hmm. national corporations, international corporations. Mm-hmm. For instance, we believe that the salon restaurant, there should be a salon restaurant in every city in every America, city. every major city. And internationally, every capital city in every nation throughout
0: the world. KFC how, did it. No, I'm sorry. KFC did it. Yeah, <laughs> KFC there. is uh, at McDonald's. McDonald's. You know, they all over. You they, go to McDonald's s- in Japan and get octopus and stuff like that. <laughs> they're
1: serving processed food and killing people all over the world. Now, we can give an alternative. See, there's a huge opportunity in the life-giving it's tied to our culture. Right. Mm-hmm. The sisters went to Italy re- recently mm-hmm. and was involved in this international fashion show uh, displaying our culture. But tied to our culture is an economic opportunity. Exactly. Now, as we begin to manufacture these fashions and put them on the market, that's an economic opportunity.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we're known for the the diet, the bean pie. Exactly. You see, I think uh, Patti Labelle put out a sweet potato, sweet potato pie, pie. And, and you see it? what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a that's an economic opportunity if it's sold all over the the nation. But what if we put the bean pie on the market mm-hmm. and sell it all over the community?
2: And then going even deeper, when it comes to the bean pie, the the key ingredients, the navy bean.
0: That's right.
2: Well, from there, when it comes, you have what's on the on the shelf at the table, which is the bean pie, but it's a whole industry that goes into producing that bean pie. Mm. And Mr. Farrakhan said in one of his lectures of The Time What Must Be Done, he said, once you control the means of production, right. the business will spring up. So if I have a bean pie, well, somebody had to grow these navy beans. That's right. Somebody had to process these navy beans. Somebody had right. to process the sugar that went into the bean pie. And so now you're talking about this whole industry to where... You creating jobs in every single one of these industries, from the the production to the manufacturing, the processing to exactly. the distribution to the retail. It's a whole economic opportunity just in a bean pod. We have to like right. start thinking like. But well,
1: we, we we look at the food market mm-hmm. now. We uh, ran away from the farm because of the bitter experience of that slavery, we because we suffered on the farm, but we did not get the profits. From, they didn't pay us. Mm-hmm. It was free labor. It's free labor. Or either they kept us in debt after slavery mm-hmm. in, the, in the form of sharecropping. It was another form of slavery. Mm-hmm. And we was abused again. It wasn't the land yeah, that, that, wrong. That, that did us wrong. It was the, the people that we were serving. But what if we owned the land? Produce for ourselves. If we own the land, we own the farm, we own the operation, and we were able to receive the profits mm-hmm. from our own labor. You see, when you work, when you're a worker, an employee, you never receive profits.
2: Exactly. I was talking to. Uh, I was using an example one time of drug dealers, and uh, I said the the person you want to know when it comes to drug it was really indie, really industry any industry but I was just using drug dealing cuz you know it's prominent in hip hop culture but the person you want to know when it comes to the drug dealing is a person that gets it from the ground Mm-hmm. everybody else from there is a middleman. Um they like a two big drug dealer they just it right. on the street but the person that gets it from the ground like you saw the movie American Gangster mm-hmm. he went to the source and right. that's how he was able to sell his stuff at a lower rate and make more money it's the same thing in any business the person that controls the means of production and gets it from the ground now if you get it from the ground you can sell at a much lower price than anybody else mm-hmm. so that's different between you have like Walmart selling shirts you have like um, fashion designer selling shirts mm-hmm. if you had a a, a process to where where say those fashions items came together and they like found some way to get a factory or like get a a cotton um, farm, whatever have you. Now they control their means of production. So now when they're making a shirt, they ain't got to sell it at $25. They Mm -hmm. can sell it at, what, $15 because it only cost them $7 to make it. But they have to buy the shirt from somebody else who produced it at at $15. Mm -hmm. Now when they sell it, they got to make it at $25 and now they're making less money. So controlling the means of production, controlling everything from the farm all the way to when you, like, to the table where you sell it at. Mm-hmm. We have to start thinking like that because that's, that's the key is controlling that production.
1: That's right. And I'm, I'm I'm glad you came on to break it down because we've been talking about getting land, but why? You know, what's mm-hmm. the use of it? I remember when we bought the cow, right? Mm-hmm. And we went into the dairy business. Shout out to our brother out there with the dairy cows. and And, and I think you even filmed a video there. But I went to my brother-in-law and I said, we, we bought a cow. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like, ooh, I mean, so <laughs> what, what's the big deal about a cow, you know? Uh, but we bought cows, you know, and cows are able to have calves. Mm-hmm. And you can see that it's renewable. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's building wealth. He didn't know that one cow is worth about ten dollars to $20,000 for one cow. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. Uh, a Jersey cow that produced that uh, dairy milk mm-hmm. is very valuable. You know, even in Africa, our people know that. Mm-hmm. And they have herds of them. And, you know, the white man had herds of cows here, either for beef or for milk or what other products that generated from that from that cow, you know, cheese, leather, uh, all the different industries you talked about. Mm-hmm. What comes from that cow? You know, but... We were just labor, so we don't understand the yeah. business, the industry. So we have to have ownership before we can control it.
2: Mr. Farrakhan, he um, quotes Honorable, Honorable Elijah Muhammad a lot. He says that the three things that the white man said they will never teach us, science of warfare, science of mating, and the third was the science of business. He taught it. Hmm. he'll teach us business management, he'll teach us accounting, right. he'll teach all these um, to go work for him and make right. make him successful. But he never taught us the science of business. And the science of business is ownership, controlling your means of production and everything from top to bottom. That's what. It, and then also realizing that business is warfare. That's right. Because once you start going into business and realize you got, you stepping on some toes um, and whatever have you. And you study, like, war. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they don't just go like, straight to pulling out guns and, like, fighting a the war. They'll start with a trade embargo. Mm-hmm. But that's business. But they're using business as a means of warfare. Right. And it's the same thing. And we have to realize that, too.
1: And then if they do go to war. Mm-hmm. And you were conquered in war. What they did in Libya, they start they start raiding all of the yeah. gold. They right.
2: Take the resources. stealing
1: all of the mm-hmm. gold. And over in Iraq, they was taking the oil. Look at oh, all man. of the oil. You know, Well, we are trying to bring democracy, the people ain't got no democracy. What you are mm-hmm. doing is
2: taking their resources. They use they use a banner of something that seems good, right? And under that good, every there's no war. That's part of like some ideological. <laughs> right. I want to spread good wealth. It was everything. It was over land and the resources under those land. And they mm-hmm. just throw like an a, um, a iconic symbolism on top of it, but everything is about land and resources, mm-hmm. everything.
1: Man. And that's what we're talking about politics.
3: mm
1: mm-hmm. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan say politics without economics simple is simple without, without substance. substance. So we need to look at what economics? How is economics tied to politics? hmm And what is it that we ought to be getting out of the politics? You know, what about contracts? We talked about earlier the, those hood uh, dollars. Mm-hmm. You know when they wanted to bring gentrification into the city?
3: Mm-hmm. They
1: wanted to uh, redevelop the inner loop. Mm-hmm. And all of these homes that we were refurbishing
3: mm-hmm.
1: were making those homes habitable.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but as long as they're unhabitable, the city can come and demolish them. Mm-hmm. So what they did, they froze the program. The city stopped spending the money. And they send the money back mm-hmm. to the federal government. And it's kind of like what was happening with the uh, health care.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Instead of giving the people the poor, low-income, the health care benefits, these conservatives were refusing to accept the funds from the federal government, sending the money back. Mm-hmm. They don't care if you die in the street. Yeah. And they don't care about your health. mm mm-hmm. Poverty is created under capitalism.
3: hmm
1: It's a deterrent. If you don't work for me, you're going to live on the street, you're going to live under the bridge. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So they keep you weak and ineffective, you know, in poverty. Mm-hmm. But if you had land, you could live off the land. Yeah. Mm. So now you see why it's a denial objective for us to have land. Now we need to go in these government, uh, in the t- in, um, you know, politicians. The government, the political arena is what I'm trying to get out. And we got to fight for what's real.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Not just fight for jobs, we need to fight for for contracts, mm-hmm. fight for resources. Mm-hmm. So once they was able to remove the uh, the renewal, like we was making those homes safe for the elderly and the handicapped, they came in to demolish them. Then they come in with this urban renewal, and they bring in these big townhouses and mm-hmm. condominiums, and, and they raise taxes. And they gave the developers uh, tax abatement meaning you don't have to pay taxes for five years. Mm-hmm. But once they made the improvement on the property, that raised the taxes on the low-income seniors. Exactly. That couldn't afford to pay the taxes. So now the government comes in and take their home for back taxes, unpaid taxes. Mm. and But the developer is not paying taxes.
2: All by design.
1: And then we have these politicians that are supposed to represent us that's not protecting our interests. Mm-hmm. And then we're not getting any of the jobs that's produced from the infrastructure that the government had to put in, Mm -hmm. the new infrastructure. Where the job we don't Mm -hmm. see us, we're not doing none of the highway construction. Mm -hmm. We we driving down the highway. We seeing
0: other people doing the jobs, doing the work, and we can't do nothing but hold the flag. So what what do you have coming up next in the future as far as organization or things going on?
2: Oh, I got a, I got, we got a fire event. We playing it right now between uh, between TSU and Prairie View for the Labor Day Classic, the football game we play every year, and it's um, affectionately called the pregame. But really, what it is is um, is that before the game, because a lot of times when you study white folks and they have like a big game, whether it's all star game, wherever it comes to a city, on the outside you see all the festivities, but on the back end. It's like it's used for networking, like making business deals. They just use the game for like entertainment. All right. And we should do the same thing. So the pregame mm-hmm. is a network between Prairie and TSU. We're planning for September the second, which is the game the day of the Labor Day Classic. It's gonna be like early in the afternoon. That's why it's called the pregame. And like we're going to bring like entrepreneurs there, um, people that's focusing on careers, community organizers. We're going to say, okay, this is the issues and the opportunities between our two universities. Mm-hmm. How can we work together to solve these issues and these opportunities? How can we make our, our universities incubators for the in- black industries that we need? Uh-huh. And then while you're there, come network, come with your business card, come with your businesses, whatever you need. Then from there, we just help each other and grow each other up. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going That code is needed to take our people to to the promised land.
1: Have we got a location yet?
2: So we're working on location now. Location. We're working on TSU. Uh, so that's coming the the next few days. But most definitely it's going to Everybody
1: be know wild. about that Labor Day Classic. It mm-hmm. look like the opportunity that you're talking about can be created right in that room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we already have needs. All we need is for us to address our own needs. Mm-hmm. And therein lies the opportunity.
2: And if you want to, I'm going to give myself a plug. But if you want to find out more about the pregame, just like stay up to date with it. You can follow me on mainly Instagram. That's Isa Ibn, I S A I B N. And then when it starts coming up, I'll start posting about it. Or you can follow my organization at Prairie View on one of them. It's uh, called the Panther Party, but mm-hmm. that's TPP1876 on Instagram. So either Isa Ibn, ISA IBN, or TPP1876 on Instagram. And that's how you can stay up to date about the the pregame.
1: Is there a Nation of Islam
2: student chapter active? Yes, there is. So I'm over there, too. Uh, we don't have Instagram or Twitter okay. yet, but uh, I'm over at Prairie View, and um, yeah, we we organize a lot. What
1: about the local organizing committee or the local mosque?
2: Yeah. Oh my fa- I forgot to plug that. So we have a local organized committee in Houston and we meet every Thursdays at seven o'clock PM at the Shake Community Center on Live Oak, 3185 Live Oak. And we're organizing the community Third Ward Greater Houston. So that's um something we should be a part of too.
1: Okay. And is there a Moss forty five Houston? Mos
2: forty five. So- we meet we meet mainly every Sunday at ten mm-hmm. o'clock. That's four forty-four forty-three old Spanish trail. Um, 4443 Old Spanish Trail, 77021. Mm-hmm. We meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock. We have Wednesday and Friday study groups, I believe, at 7 or 7.30. So you can check us out, too. So it's a lot going on.
0: This is the Business Building Blocks podcast, and we like to give our listeners one block that they can hold on to and apply to their business. Right. Can you give them one piece of information that would make them successful in their business?
2: Team building. Find people with like minds and then pull your resource together and then work hard in a collective manner and then become successful.
0: There we go. Perfect. Well, this is the Business Building Blocks podcast. And also, you can find the Business Building Blocks podcast on Facebook.
1: Uh, Under that name, Business Building Blocks. Uh, Go like our page. Uh, You can find us on YouTube and subscribe. You know, share it. And also, SoundCloud.com.
3: And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you all for listening.